Hello, everybody. Tracy, Mrs. J-Dog Flanagan with you here today. I'm the co-founder and senior vice president of J-Dog Brands. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Tactical Treasures powered by Vet TV and J-Dog. Our podcast gives veterans, mill spouses, active military members, and military family members a voice in the veteran space to speak about their service, how they're affecting their communities post-service, and they share with me a tactical treasure from their past that has shaped their journey in their military career, business, or life. Today, I'm very excited to have a wonderful guest, Denny Gillum. Lieutenant Colonel Denny Gillum is a West Point graduate and a retired Army combat veteran who served for 22 years active duty in the Army. He served two tours in Vietnam as an Airborne Ranger, where he was awarded two Purple Hearts and seven awards for valor. And after serving with a mechanized infantry battalion in Germany, Denny returned to the U.S. to be a war planner for Europe and the Middle East at U.S. Readiness Command. Now Denny is the host of Front Lines of Freedom, a military news and talk radio show designed to address and discuss the most pressing issues facing our armed forces, veterans, and their families. Hi, Denny. First of all, thank you for your wonderful service, sir. And it's so great to have you with us on the podcast today. Hey, thank you. I'm looking forward to this. This should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow, what a very decorated military career you've had. So I, I wonder if you could share with us what inspired you to go into the Army and, and to be a part of West Point and anything in, the, in your wonderful career that possibly impacted you in, in a, a good way. Well, I'm the weirdo in my family. I'm the <laughs> first one in my direct line, as far as we know, to ever serve in the military. Had a lot of cops. Uh, but not in the uniform. I guess I was, so I was a strange one. Uh, my f- grandfather was a police officer killed in the line of duty. My uncle was in the FBI for a full career and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know what attracted me to the army, but I did take army ROTC in high school uh-huh. and uh, that sort of got my attention, I guess. Uh, yeah, I went to West Point, which was a, huge goal. Uh, I had to try a couple of times before I got in. Uh, it was just everything that I really wanted. I mean, it was the, the honor code, uh, the, the, the mission, the, the, the motto of duty, honor country, uh, the structured life. I mean, it, that's what I was looking for. And while, uh, well, I do tell people that I graduated at the very top of the bottom third of my class. Uh, so uh, I wasn't the greatest cadet that ever was, but uh, I I did all right. I did fine. I learned a lot, and I really established a lot of my values and life goals, I guess. There were sort of three things that happened in my life that helped me become who I am, I guess. Hmm. Uh, when I graduated from West Point, I wanted to go in the infantry, and they let me go in the infantry. Uh, the first, the two schools we went to immediately was Airborne and Ranger schools. Uh, I wanted to go to Airborne and Ranger schools for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is I was afraid of heights. And I figured <laughs> jumping out of airplanes and rappelling off m- mountains wouldn't fix that. Uh, it probably wasn't fixable. 
Uh, I could tell some pretty funny stories about my first time jumping out of an airplane. Uh, but we won't go into that too much. But after that, things got a lot better. I still am not comfortable with heights, but I, I can handle it. Yeah. Uh, so that worked. And Ranger School taught me that I could push myself physically harder than I thought I could. That was another big life change for me. I right. thought at West Point and high school and all that stuff, I had learned how hard I could push myself. Well, Ranger School told me, taught me that I could do a lot more than that. Uh, so then I was ready to go in the Army. Well, I graduated Ranger School just before Christmas. I went home for Christmas with my family and reported for my first duty station in January of 1965, Fort Carson, Colorado, in Colorado Springs. Uh, that's where I wanted to go. It was my first choice. Uh, I was a rifle platoon leader in a mechanized rifle platoon. Green job, had a really great platoon sergeant who helped me learn how to be a good officer. Now, that was January of 65. In May, in March of 65, prior to March of 65, we had combat troops in, Viet in Vietnam, but they were advisors. They were not fighting themselves. Hmm. Besides the advisors, we had some helicopter pilots and crews, but other than that, there was no ground troops. In March, they started putting the ground infantry in Vietnam. So I volunteered to go. And in June, I got my orders to go in October. And on the next to last day of June, I got set up on a blind date. A <laughs> uh, young lady was a school teacher from Ohio. Uh, attending a summer seminar in Colorado Springs. Uh, I don't recommend this for everybody else, but it took me two weeks to propose marriage. <laughs> it took her two more to say yes. And one week after that, her seminar was over and she disappeared. Oh, no. So uh, not exactly the, the, the ideal situation. So I was allowed 30 days of leave before I went to Vietnam. So I, in the middle of September, I drove my car to Ohio where she lived to meet her family and to spend time with her and leave her my car. Uh, and boom, I went off to Vietnam where I served as a rifle platoon leader in combat. And I found out that that was something I was good at. Uh, as a result of six months of that, I was pulled to be an aide to a general, which scared the heck out of me. I'd never been around generals before. Uh, but to found out they were just people too. Uh, came home, married my sweetheart. Got, we got assigned to Fort Campbell, Kentucky, the 101st Airborne Division. I was soon promoted to captain and was given command of an airborne rifle company. That's the dream job for all infantry officers. If, right. if the dream job is to be in command of an airborne rifle company. For all kinds of reasons, not the least of which it includes jump pay, which is almost half the money you're making. Um, so I won. I was just married to my sweetheart. And two, I was given the best job in the Army. And three, I had some really good people in the company to, again, help me do a good job. Uh, one year later, they deployed the whole division to Vietnam. So I was over there again. I contend that one of the reasons that my marriage has worked so well, it's been over 56 years now, is because for two of the first three years we were a couple, I wasn't gone. I was gone. <laughs> so she was got to be impressed with the cool guy, but I wasn't there to ruin the picture. <laughs> uh, that, that may or may not be true, but I think it didn't hurt. 
uh, came back, went to a couple of schools, and we had our first child, my son. Uh, and at the same time, uh, some friends of ours invited us to a Bible study. There's an organization called the Officers Christian Fellowship, which is basically home Bible studies. Mm-hmm. And we started going to that. And as a consequence of that, long story short, both my wife and I made a very strong commitment of our lives to serve God. So if we put the values at West Point, the physical thing at West in, in Ranger School, and the spiritual thing then, that's those are the things that made me who I am. Right. Uh, I'm far from perfect, but I am very comfortable with who I am. And, uh, my military career was good. I did a lot of really neat things, uh, met a lot of fun people, uh, did things I never even imagined I'd do. But uh, uh, life is just good. Uh, right. I had to decide whether or not I wanted to get out of the army or after 20 years or stay in and, and go for the general thing since I was promoted very fast. Uh, senior rank was available, but I really thought I didn't want to fly a desk in the Pentagon. I didn't want to do those things. And so maybe it was time to spend, get out and spend time with family. Uh, so one of the things you mentioned, I was a Mideast war planner in Tampa, Florida. Uh, one of the things they asked me, they they told me, uh, this is before I decided I was going to get out or not. They wanted me to run an ROTC unit. I thought that was fine. And they offered me Michigan tech in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Well, I asked my wife and she said, eh, anywhere that has good summers. <laughs> so I, called up to Michigan Tech and talked to a sergeant. And finally, I said, okay, Sarge, here's the key question. What are summers like up there? And he paused, and then he said, Colonel, I can't tell you because I overslept this year and missed summer. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So I declined Michigan Tech, and they gave me the University of Tampa. Well, that was right where I was anyway, and they have good summers down there. Uh, They have two seasons in Florida. Hot and hot and humid. Right. (laughs) Uh, But there's certainly warmth. Yeah. Uh, That was interesting. I enjoyed it. And I was still trying to decide what to do. And one day the phone rang. And uh, I was told that I was coming to Michigan. I'm in Grand Rapids right now. Uh, I was an Army advisor to the Michigan National Guard. And coincidentally, the uh, as as in the National Guard, of course, it covered the whole state. My wife's brother became the basketball coach at Michigan Tech. Oh, wow. And I thought, well, we're in the same state. We'll see all his games. No, it's about 20-hour drive to there. Oh, no. <laughs> so we saw all the games he played near us. And I retired at that point because we fell in love with West Michigan. We loved the culture. Uh, we loved the seasons. Don't need quite so much winter, but I couldn't find any place to turn it down. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I just absolutely loved what I was doing. Uh, I had a chance to do a couple of good things once I retired. 
the coolest thing that happened was you know, everybody knew that I had been a war planner and, you know, twice a year or something, a radio station or a TV station would call me up for a five minute interview on something going, particularly going on in the middle, in the Middle East. But one day the phone rang and it, it's Wood Radio is the biggest news talk in West Michigan. And they said, we want to do a military talk radio show. Will you host it? I had never done anything like that in my life. That was a shocker. But I have a good friend whose name is Dave Reaver. He, like me, is a Vietnam vet, and he is an evangelist now. And Dave has a favorite answer when somebody offers him something that he would like to have. And that answer is, let me pray about that. Amen, okay? And so that's what I said. It took us most of a year to put the show together and figure out how to do it. Uh, we had a sample show run and submitted it for the Michigan Association of Broadcasters to see what they thought. It, it took all the golds, so it looked like we had it. And so finally, in the first week in June, 16 years ago, uh, the show started. So this coming June, the first weekend is, one, the show's 16th anniversary and my 82nd birthday. Oh, and wow. we're celebrating together. Congratulations. And well, the show's front, a, front Lines of Freedom. Right? Front lines of yes. freedom. Yeah. We're the biggest military talk radio show from the point of view of we're on, I think the last count was 199 stations across the nation. Oh, wow. I wonder, wonder where number 200 is. I'd like to. <laughs> You'd like to get there, over. right? Yeah. Hello, listeners and viewers. I want to talk to you about Grunt Style merchandise. I love it. I have a whole drawer dedicated to just Grunt Style shirts. Hmm. Guess what? There's a reason the flag they wear and we wear on the sleeve always faces forward. Yep. That's because Americans advance in one direction, forward. Our colors don't retreat and at Grunt Style, we keep to the warrior ethos, always assault forward. This will defend. Um, so what are, what are the, some of the topics that you tackle and discuss on the, on the radio show? Well, one of the things that I was sort of advised when we were going through all this was that there are a number of military talk shows, but very often it's a couple of GIs talking about you know, what we did in the mess hall and how much fun it was in the firing range and, and remember the time that we kidded the, somebody. Mine is more, uh, it's, it, we do a little GI talk, but very little. It, I talk about foreign policy, defense policy, uh, homeland defense, uh, veterans issues, VA, uh, and we get, inter we get people in to interview on things. You know, recently, I mean, there's so many things to talk about now, unfortunately. Right. But uh, uh, the economy of the nation is certainly affecting our military. Sure. Uh, not to mention the uh, ability to maintain a nice life for people in the military, since that's going apart. Yeah. Uh, the COVID nineteen and the wearing masks and all that stuff and required shots and throwing people out of the military because they wouldn't take the shot. Uh, that has been a big issue, and it it's still one we haven't given up on. Right. Uh, the fact that uh, 
the government says that one of the biggest military issues is global warming or climate change. Uh, despite the fact that there's science to the contrary, uh, those are, that's, those are topics we discuss about as, as well as leadership, as well as, uh, just dealing with the southern border. Uh, there's a huge issue because we also relate very close to law enforcement. Yes. We're very much alike law enforcement. And, uh, like I said, my family culture is law enforcement. Indeed, I don't know how he did it, but my baby boy, about two weeks ago, turned 51 and retired from the local police department. Oh, wow. How can your kid grow older when you don't? <laughs> well, I think I figured right. it out. Those sneaky rascals, they do it a day at a time so you don't notice it. I, right. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's really amazing. Um, the topics that you talk on and I, I can't say that I've really heard or seen a, sh a radio show that deals with those type of, of issues. Hello, viewers and listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Tactical Treasures, where we are speaking with Lieutenant Colonel Denny Gillum who is a West Point graduate and retired Army combat veteran who served for 22 years active duty in the Army. He is also the uh, host of Front Lines of Freedom, which is a weekly two-hour syndicated military news and talk radio show. Hosted and produced by veterans designed to address and discuss the most pressing issues facing our armed forces, veterans, and their families. Front Lines of Freedom addresses and covers a wide range of topics, including the current war and military readiness, military families, veterans' activities, and homeland security issues. Front Lines of Freedom can be found at www.frontlinesoffreedom.com and can be heard every week on radio stations all across the country. Now, back to the podcast. So, can we dive into your treasure? I would love to hear uh, your treasure. What do you want to share with us today? Well, there's, there's, there's several things. Probably the biggest treasure is the three things I already shared, the yes. things that helped me find out and decide who I am. The West Point value system, uh, the ranger physically, and the spiritual commitment to God. Uh, but the... I. I tell people that, you know, I've, I've been a talk radio host for a long time, and before that I did speaking. Getting me to sh talk is not hard. Getting me to shut up is hard. <laughs> and uh, but, so the delight of my life really is Front Lines of Freedom, the radio show. Uh, it's a two-hour show once a week. Uh, the team that I've got of guys and gals that help me make this thing work, uh, we basically try to do all the recordings on Mondays and Tuesdays on Zoom, of course. That gives my editors a couple of days to clean things up and put the ads and all that kind of stuff in. It hits the satellite about midnight Friday and plays across the nation on the weekend. And being able to talk about things that are important and that 
usually are not discussed or not discussed from the direction that I come uh, by the mainstream media is certainly the the thing that is just delightful to me. Uh, the fact that people are actually listening. I mean, getting people to talk is never a problem, but actually some people are listening to it. Uh, right. that's, that's delightful. And we also try to get some more different perspectives. You know, there's actually more than one way to see most issues. I know that that's not politically correct to say that. Uh, but it's actually true. Very true. Well, and maybe I shouldn't say this either, but there's a difference between men and women. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. So these are the kinds of things that I delight in that probably under any other environment, uh, I wouldn't ever be speaking much about. Uh, you know, I, I might speak at an event one, two or three times a year. That's very different than every week, nonstop, uh, keep it going. And there are so many good people out there that whose information I can read. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are you know, going on in our country that are goofy, but there's an awful lot of things going on in our country that are just great. And I enjoy being around. When I say being around, often it means reading or seeing a podcast or something of that nature to get other people's perspective on things. Uh, I love the fact that I I can I can and am open to multiple perspectives on things. Uh, I, I taught American American government at local college for about fifteen years. I retired a couple of years ago, oh, wow. and I was surprised how few college students knew anything about American government. Uh, and indeed, I. One yeah. of the things I have often talked about is a, a question I would always ask the first day of class at some point was, why do we celebrate the 4th of July? And in 15 years, I had one student who knew. I had a number of students who could say, well, it's Independence Day. And I'd say, okay, what happened on Independence Day? Why do we call it that? Most of them never heard of 1776. Oh, my never gosh. Never thought about the fact that. Continental Congress passed the Declaration of Independence. Uh, one guy, had, and he was 40 years old. Yeah, uh, well. So I, I sort of have a new passion now of challenging parents to make sure their role model for their kids, knowing about our country, read the Constitution, read the Declaration of Independence, know what it says. Right. So I guess that's, maybe I got... Uh, not quite on the track you were looking for, but... That's, no, you, those are the things that just delight me in life, right? Totally fine. That that's your treasure. I love it. I think it, they're very special treasures. You have a very, uh, you know, I like your three pillars that have made you who you are today, and the fact that you have such an incredible radio show, and you're able to discuss those difficult topics, I think is fabulous. So that's really great. Well, I consider myself greatly blessed. I've got a wonderful family. I've got great friends. Uh, I've got a 
a, a job, a show that I absolutely love. And that doesn't mean there's no problems or there's no issues. I'd love to tell you that I do everything really perfectly, but uh, no, I, I tell my wife that one of the things I really appreciate about her is she's not perfect. I couldn't stand living with a perfect person, you know, <laughs> right. and she's assured me that I'm doing the same for her. So, uh, True. You know, I've got a wonderful That's marriage great. to a great lady, a great family. Well, I'm glad I you finally drove. I'm glad you finally drove to Ohio to find her. I was a little worried <laughs> when you said she disappeared. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> That's great. That's well, really terrific. Veterans, military family members, if you're looking for an incredible opportunity, I would encourage you to check out jdogbrands.com. If you're interested in business ownership, if you're missing what was the best thing about your military service, being the camaraderie of fellow veterans, JDog is a place for you. If you go to jdogbrands.com, you can find out everything about JDog, including how to apply for franchise opportunities in either JDog Junk Removal and Hauling or our new division, Carpet Cleaning and Floor Care. And if you're looking to just be employed by JDog, we have over 300 locations, close to 115 franchise owners, 90% veteran owned. You can go to the career page and fill out the form and see where we're hiring all across the country. And we connect, connect you with your local J-Dog in your territory. So check us out, jdogbrands.com. Um, sir, before, before we end our time together, I, I was wondering, do you have some advice for your fellow veterans um, who may be struggling with transitioning out of the military and finding their next step as they move into either being a retired veteran or just having gotten out and they're trying to figure out what their next career move is. You know, that is a never ending challenge. And it is, I have found that most employers appreciate veterans because at least veterans do know how to work as a team and do know to work. Uh, and most veterans don't see it that way. Uh, when I first got out, I got a job pretty quickly as a sales engineer. But as an infantryman, I was trained to kill people and break things. And the mafia wasn't hiring, so where do you get a job? <laughs> uh, yeah. But the discipline and that sort of thing is important. And... Truly, it's a question of finding something that you want to do or you think you will enjoy doing and going for it. And in today's work, job market, uh, I don't know any businesses that aren't looking for people that want to work. Uh, right. I know there's a bunch of people out there that want to get paid but aren't particularly interested in working. Uh, so I think veterans could have the comfort of knowing they are coming in with huge credentials, even if it's in an area like I had never been in sales. And I, well, I had a degree in engineering from West Point. I had never worked as an engineer, but I went to work as a sales engineer and was the, did very well. Uh, I 
after a few years, I decided to do something else, but that was what we bring to the table is a lot. And it's a little hard convincing yourself that that's what, that you are bringing a lot to the table when you try to equate telling people are breaking things to selling something or manufacturing something, but it's there. Uh, veterans should feel proud that they have something they can do. And the only thing you have to learn is how to talk in American, not in military language. <laughs> the average guy doesn't know or care what your MOS was, military occupation specialty. Right. He wants to know what you did in plain English. Uh, so if you can, if you can wash the military slang out, you've got a very good job of getting almost any job, I think. I hope that uh, speaks to your issue. Yeah, yeah. Well, well said. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. Um, well, sir, thank you so much for for coming on Tactical Treasures and and sharing your wonderful story and and just loved hearing the amazing things you did uh, in the army. Uh, really wonderful, and your treasure is very special. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you. God bless you. And, um, sir, if people are interested in listening uh, or finding your radio show, how, how would they go about that? The website is frontlinesoffreedom.com. Okay. Uh, you can find all the radio stations listed there. Uh, we're in 40 states and plus D.C. and Guam. Uh, wow. But as soon as, as soon as the show plays on plays for the last time on Sunday night, it's posted immediately on the website as a podcast. So someone can, if you can't, if if you don't have a station near you, you can you can always go grab the podcast, or you can go to a radio station in your community and help me get my two hundred station. <laughs> that way, we both win. Okay. All right. Well, viewers and listeners, you heard it. Help them get that two hundred station. <laughs> That's great. That would be a delight. Yeah. Okay, and sir. If you're interested, we, I, my team has put together a book. It's called Frontlines of Freedom, and the authors are Frontlines of Freedom, if you go to Amazon. And it's a call-to-action book on returning America to its standard values. Oh, wow. Available on, on, on Frontlines of Freedom or on, uh, or on Amazon. And I wrote a book called The Smiling Ranger, which is a series of short stories of mostly funny short stories of my time in uniform. Uh, I never did take myself really that seriously unless someone was shooting at me. <laughs> uh, so it, okay. That's great. That was fun writing. It was fun living. Oh, wonderful. All great books. I love it. Thank you so much, sir, for coming on and sharing everything. God bless you. I appreciate it. This is awesome. Okay. All right. God bless you. And God bless you and your lovely wife. Take care. Thank you, ma'am. Hello, viewers and listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Tactical Treasures Podcast, where we have just been speaking with Lieutenant Colonel Denny Gillum, who is a West Point graduate and retired Army combat veteran who served for 22 years active duty in the Army. 
He is now the host of Frontlines of Freedom, which is a weekly two-hour syndicated military news and talk radio show, hosted and produced by veterans designed to address and discuss the most pressing issues facing our armed forces, veterans and their families. Frontlines of Freedom addresses and covers a wide range of topics, including the current war and military readiness, military families, veterans' activities, and homeland security issues. Frontlines of Freedom can be found on www.frontlinesoffreedom.com and can be heard every week on radio stations all across the country. Also, if you happen to not have a radio station that he is on close to your location, you can go on after the airing and check it out on the website, and it appears as a podcast. Also, from the makers of the Frontline Freedom radio show, American veterans share their ideas on how to save America. It's a book that can be purchased on Amazon, so definitely check it out. Uh, Denny has also authored uh, a book called The Smiling Ranger, also being able to be purchased on Amazon. It is humorous short stories about his military career. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.